0: center coming in as Bloom. He'll with the and that. He got McDonald. And over at that flame bench, there's all kinds of excitement going on there. Scores! Roll the highlight reel. Six to nothing flame.
1: is flames talk with pat steinberg and wes gilbertson on
2: sportsnet 960 the fan this hour of flames talk is underway it is monday march 13th pat and wes gilbertson from post media coming at you from our sportsnet 960 downtown studios the doug Lacey's basement systems downtown studio on this monday this is the sports drive brought to you by calgary lock and safe be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Well, I think we need to talk a little bit more about Michael Backlund and the season that he's having. I think I could say I, I've probably said that every, uh, every week for the last 10 years, probably fair to say.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think you are a guy who <laughs> runs the risk of not talking enough about Michael Backlund. You know, if I if I ran into a Flames Talk listener on the street and they said, You know who's not talking enough about Michael Backlund?
2: Probably not saying Pat Steinberg. Yeah. Probably. May have mentioned him and my affinity for the way that he plays hockey and the the person as a whole. He's a he's just a straight up good he's human He's a very good human. And um, he's playing very good hockey. Right he really now. is. Like he's having a heck of a year. And and in in the last hour, we talked in the Daily Flames roundtable about whether or not he is playing the best hockey of his career. Well, he had two more points on Sunday, both primary assists. Big part of that 5-1 win over Ottawa. He faced the Tim Stutzla, Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux line all night, um, which is something he does on a regular basis. So he's up to 44 points in 67 games. He's on pace to tie or slightly better his career high of 53 points. As of right now, as we're talking, I think he's on pace for 53.8 points. So he is in and around that range if this continues on this pace. Longest tenured member of the team wears a letter, and could very well be the team's best forward this season when it comes to the entire body of work and and listen to what Rasmus Anderson had to say about him after the win Sunday uh this is his uh, fellow Swede and teammate Rasmus Anderson when when asked by I think it was Danny Austin who asked him yep. about uh, about Michael Backlund and the season that he's having backstar leader uh
0: he's uh, he's been really good this year and uh you know he serves me and Lindner on a silver platter so uh uh, happy for him that he's uh, having such a good year, and um, he's been good all. Uh, I don't even know how many games we have played, but uh, he's been good in every single one. And uh, as I said, he's our leader, night in, and night out.
2: So that is Rasmus Anderson on Sunday night following the win. He's our leader, uh, and Backs our leader, and that's that was really interesting to hear from Rasmus, who has been Backlund's teammate for his entire career. Like Rasmus has never been on the Flames without Michael Backlund as his teammate. I just there's a there's a pretty good uh hey give the give the guy the C. I d I, I don't think you could go wrong if you slap the C on Michael Backlund's shoulder right now. And and maybe it's not this season, maybe it's to start next year, but I don't think you could go wrong in doing that. I, I don't I can't imagine Rasmus is the only person inside that room who uh would, would have those same thoughts on what Michael means.
1: Yeah, I agree with you and it it carried a lot of weight for me, because Rasmus Anderson is actually a guy who I think has really emerged as a leader in that Flames locker room. In fact, I was chatting with someone yesterday about the fact that I I think he's almost a dark horse candidate to be considered for the next captain. And and so...
2: And Rasmus would be right in that age range that Daryl talks about. He's 26. Yeah. He's going to be here a while. Yeah, you could see that. Plays an
1: important role. He's not afraid to speak his mind and, and hold guys accountable. But But this segment's not about Rasmus Anderson as much as Michael Backlin. And so, just to hear Rasmus Anderson say that that's the guy we look to, that that's the leader in this room, that carried a lot of weight for me. I, I left the locker room last night thinking, geez, that was a really insightful, a, a, a short but very impactful comment from Rasmus Anderson. And that's above and beyond the on ice part that we've talked about yeah the that's not this guy's playing the the best hockey of his career that's not the you know this guy's been our most consistent forward if not our our best forward that doesn't even take that into account just just to put that on him that's our leader that said a lot to me
2: it's pretty uh it's pretty impactful and and i i think there's plenty to suggest that there's a good road to go down for the captain i just i think about so, he turns 34 on Friday. So, St. Patrick's Day, funny enough, is his birthday every year. Uh, but he turns 34 on Friday, having the best season of his career on the ice, which I think you and I are both on board with. He's one of the leagues over the last better part of the decade, one of the league's best two-way centers he's been in selkie contention before he's kind of been right on the fringes of being a finalist before uh and he's not showing any signs of slowing down which is i think the the most important part and, and like be- a
1: fine wine didn't he say uh, th- exactly yeah. exactly
2: and that's why i think about it i'm like okay he's having his best ever season in the nhl he's always one of the top fitness testing guys dude keeps himself in incredible shape as as all NHLers do but that is very very much something that, that Michael prides himself on and he's entering the final year of his contract and i don't think it is crazy to think about maybe going down the road of extending him this summer and and i i know that there's always this talk i remember having talks on uh, then overtime or or our flames talk post game you know going into Coming out of the 56 game season, going into the expansion draft, and and even, you know, going into the, the final year of Mark Giordano's contract and people talking about, well, Pat, what are you going to do with the you, you, you got to trade Gio? And I said, why? Why do you got to trade Gio? Well, we got we got to get something back for him. We can't lose him for nothing. Well, what if he retires as a member of the Calgary Flames? And and I think that there is something valuable About having a player spend his entire career with one team, and so I understand that lots of people have have suggested, well, they got to think about trading Michael Backlund at this deadline, this deadline which is now passed, or they got to think about trading Michael Backlund this summer. I. I'm not on board with that in the slightest. I think I think you got to start thinking about make, making Michael Backland a Calgary flame for life because I think that there is something as valuable to doing that as as there is in maximizing an asset or whatever the case may be and especially talking about a guy who is playing at the level that he's playing at at the age of soon to be 34. He is soon to be The third player this season, he's seven games away from being the third player in franchise history to play in 900 games as a member of the Flames. He will pass Mark Giordano as the all-time games played leader sometime next season. Uh, Gio's at uh, 949, and so Michael will pass him sometime next season. And he's got an outside shot to chase down Jerome McGinley for the all-time games played lead, which is 1,219. I think, had there not been expansion, I think Gio would have been a flame for life. Yeah. And, and I think there is something to the idea. Unless Michael decides otherwise, right? Jerome requested a trade. Otherwise, Jerome would have been a flame for life. If Michael requests otherwise, it's a different conversation. But I just think there's something to having this guy be a flame for life and because he's still playing at a damn high level and because they're not looking at rebuilding anytime soon – I would absolutely see if you could re-sign him to a two-year deal this summer and see if he goes the Joe Pavelski route or the, the Ryan Nugent Hopkins route where wants to stay in the city, wants to be a flame for life. I remember, didn't he make the comment when he was with us at the poker tournament? He said, yeah, you know, basically you're going to have to get rid of me at this point. Right. Keep him here. And, and they got the feel-good story. You've got a guy who's still playing high level hockey. I don't think he's dropping off anytime soon. And if you can get him to go from 5.35 to 4.5 or $5 million on his next contract, I would sign him in a heartbeat on July 1st to a two, three, two or three year extension. I wouldn't even blink an eye. I'm blinking. And damn it. Wes, it's
1: no disrespect to Michael Backlund and the season he's having, and the person he is. Because because both are big parts of why we heard Rasmus Anderson say what he said last night about him being the leader. My only hesitation is this. You've got a guy who, as you said, turns 34 on St. Patrick's Day. So when his contract runs out, he's 35. Yes. What concerns me more is the dollars you're allocating next summer to try to keep some of those guys. And and so I want to be crystal clear about this because I I don't want to be Wes who doesn't think that they should keep Michael Backlund. But at at 35, I'm not sure it can be the priority. You have to figure out what Elias Lindholm is going to want to stay in Calgary. You have to figure out what Noah Hannafin is going to want to stay in Calgary. You have to figure out where Tyler Toffoli fits long-term. You're going to need new contracts at that point for Dylan Dubé and Jacob Pelche. Both going to be restricted free agents, but guys who, the way we see them trending, are, are going to get paid more. You have Oliver Shillington's contract up. Obviously, there's some mystery surrounding yes. Oliver, but that that's another contract that is coming off the books at that point. That's another guy who fits your age range in terms of the core you're trying to build. And so would I love to see Michael Backlund be a flame for life? Yes. I I, I still think it's a shame that Mark Giordano ended up getting lost in the expansion draft while understanding why it had to happen. That's a guy who should have been wearing one jersey for his career. And if that's what Michael Backlund wants, I hope he gets that as well. I just think when you talk about getting to July 1st and making it happen, I'd worry about allocating that sort of money. I'd worry about rushing to lock up a guy who's going to be coming off a career year for his age 35 plus seasons. Yeah. I just want to know what the bigger picture looks
2: like. I feel ya, but if I can get him to Take the veteran discount to stay, sure. And I'm not even talking like the Mark Giordano, almost NHL min discount that he took to stay in Toronto. And Gio's a guy who's uh, almost forty; he t- he'll turn forty on October third. which just happens to be my birthday. Um, but he'll ter- he'll is turn- that a hint? Yes, please, Wes. I uh, I like uh, I like nice soft things. If you could,
1: um, I'm gonna get you a four pack of
2: karaoke somewhere. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, I just, if you can get him to go, and I know Ryan Nugent Hopkins is younger. I'm not suggesting they're the same age, but, you know, RNH in Edmonton on his last deal gave them a bit of a haircut because he wanted to stay. And damn that's worked out well for Edmonton. And I know that Connor McDavid and Leon are in Edmonton different scenarios. But look at how good look at the value Joe Pavelski has gotten. He signed his one deal in Dallas, uh got some big money there as an unrestricted free agent and then gave him a haircut as a veteran who's older than than Michael is, gave him a haircut And is still giving the Dallas Stars great value. I think I I look at Joe Thornton's deals that he signed in in San Jose to stay with the Sharks before he moved on and and played in Florida and Toronto. I just I think there's something valuable to the idea of if Michael's willing to sign a two year deal at eight million and and take a that would be a one point three five million dollar haircut to stay with the flames. And I I don't think he's I don't think Michael is Michael's a pretty savvy smart dude. I think he understands that yeah, if he went to unrestricted free agency, he might be able to get himself a pretty good deal, yeah. but if he wants to stay in Calgary for the the good of the overall cap management, he probably would have to take a little bit less just based on the way things are going. And I think he would be okay with that because this is this is a team that he has given his entire career to. And I know that he feels indebted to in terms of the faith that they showed in him, especially in the early stages where there were a lot of calls for, which, by the way, were ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> the calls about, oh, this guy's a bust and they gotta, got to gotta get rid of him. He's never going to be anything in the NHL. Guy might be the number one all-time games played player in the history of the franchise. I I think There's something to it. And if he wasn't playing at the level he's playing at right now and if he wasn't in the shape that he's in, I think I'd have a different tune because I'm always going to be backland biased. Like I'm, I'm always going to
1: hang on, hang
2: on. I'm always going to go to that side, but I just think from a hockey perspective, looking at it as objectively as I possibly can with this human being, I, uh, I absolutely would be thinking about extending. And I get what you're saying. You, you got a lot of other things to figure out, but if you can get, a discount or a haircut or him to be okay with taking a slight step back on the AAV for a couple more years of security. I think it's something you absolutely need to do.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you consider it. I absolutely agree with your inclination that this is a player who's gonna age really well. It's a guy who keeps himself in terrific shape. He's playing the best hockey we've seen him play as he approaches 34 years old. Like there there are reasons that you want. Michael Backlund to be wearing a Flames jersey yeah. for years to come, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be. I just want to see where it fits the salary cap structure. I potentially want to see what it's going to cost to keep Elias Lindholm above everybody else in Calgary. I potentially want to see how ready Connor Zari is to be a third-line center in the NHL. That's why I'm not saying no, but I, I'm taking more of a wait-and-see approach. I
2: feel you. I feel you. I just, what about... I hate when we fight. I know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling very conflicted right now, but, you know, we've got counseling tonight, so it's okay. What about this, though? As the newsman that you are, as the person who loves a great story, what about July 7th, news conference, Michael Backlund is named our captain, and we've signed a two-year extension?
1: If you're gonna do it that way, sure, absolutely, and, and I think he's a great candidate to be captain. I, I'm certainly, and and this is a conversation for a full segment. I'm I'm certainly trending more and more towards thinking the Calgary Flames had, would really benefit from having a captain. Yep. So yeah, if if you're gonna do it that way, I I won't book a tea time on July seventh. I'll see you at the Saddle <laughs> Dome.
2: Yeah, I've I've already. I have absolutely earmarked the date. Uh, just a few texts for you at 960-960. Um, I'm totally with you on resigning backs. He's finally slotted properly. Top three third-line center in the league, but I'm thinking more around the $3 million cap number. Look, I'm just throwing out numbers. I don't know what it would end up being, um, but I do think, again, I look at Pavelski, I look at Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I look at a few other guys who have stayed with the same organization in their mid-to-late 30s and have taken that haircut to stay with the same organization because that's important to him um i just think it's something to look at
1: three is a heck of a haircut if he's willing to sign for three you're all forget july 7th uh
2: this says disagree with pat Backlund should be traded end of next year to maximize asset management the sentimental affinity for older players is and has been a detriment to this team example geo i disagree completely had there not been an expansion draft i would have fought Tooth and nail for the same argument about Mark Giordano being a flame for life as well, because I think there's something to that, and I think you need to entertain at some point, uh, sometimes. And I just, I, it doesn't always have to be about strict business, business asset management uh, a few other texts purely from a hockey standpoint backlund has been the best flame over the last five years how he isn't the captain is confusing to me tommy says give him the c already and JN silverado says as long you don't, as, as you don't have to pay him more i'm down ideally i don't want to play to pay a third line center over five mil but four to four and a half for three to four years i'm okay with that this says guys what about a five-year contract for three and a half million that's from jose See, I would rather them go see if they can do a two or three year deal, and because that still gives you flexibility. It's still, and I think Backlund would absolutely, at the age of thirty four, knowing that the contract would kick in at the age of thirty five, I think he'd be absolutely okay with a two year deal to give yourself three more years of stability. Uh, that that I think is a is a fair number. Five, maybe a little much.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
2: Two, three, I'd be a little bit more on board with.
1: Yeah, I as. And, and these are such difficult conversations to have without looking at what became of this Flames team and how the season ended. And, you know, you, there's big picture conversations that need to happen at the Saddle Dome. You can't have too many guys extended until they're 37 or 38. But this is a guy you'd put a lot of trust in on, a, on, on an additional two years.
2: Well, I understand your side of the argument, Pat, and also agree with agree with it. Backlund has a responsibility to get out there and look. Big deal. He can protect his family for years to come, and and maybe he does. I don't know. I just think it's something that the Flames need to put on the table. Starting, and I think you want to put it on the table the minute you can, just because shows them there's a commitment to keep the guy. Hey, Michael, we want to keep you. Let's start the conversation now. And that gives you the opportunity to get that haircut because now you're like, okay, this organization has started the conversation at the earliest possible date. They want to keep me. So maybe there's a feel that you do want to, you're you're okay with taking a little bit of a step back on your AAV.
1: Yeah. And that's where this gets tricky. Like you, you don't want to, you know, what I'm saying is is that I'd rather wait and see where the salary cap lots out and all that jazz you you want to be really careful about not making Michael Backlund feel like the 900 and some games that he's going to have played for your franchise at that point aren't meaningful Yep, and so that's tricky I get that I, I I think by all means you start the conversation this summer you know how much of a haircut is he willing to take does he want to stay or or, or you know, does he feel like it's time to go chase something that he hasn't been able to achieve in Calgary? Yeah. I, I don't know what that looks like. Absolutely start the conversation. I just see all the things on the books for that summer and and wonder where it, it would fit
2: in. Uh, and this text wraps it up perfectly. I'm all for asset management and getting value for players, but not for Backlund if he wants to stay he stays. You texted that yourself. I feel like I did. I swear I didn't. You've seen me. I have not been on my phone th- throughout this. And when I'm talking backland, my phone goes away. Uh, so that was not me. But basically speaks for everything that I, I'm trying I to say. I always suspected there
1: might be two pats. I'll be investigating. That's
2: 7296, one of our uh, most uh, most ardent listeners. So, uh, And as per usual, we're usually on the same track. So I like that. Maybe it is me. Who knows? Uh, Wes Gilbertson, Pat Steinberg, we're coming at you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation Walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Flamestock
1: is live on Calgary's hockey station. Sportsnet 960, the fan.
2: Time to go inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. The beer tastes better when it's bought from the place that cheers for your team. Visit your local Calgary Co-op Wine Spirits Beer today. It is a Monday edition of the program. Wes Gilbertson of Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg, and it's time to say hello. It's uh, Monday, which means we check in with the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, Mitch Love. And since we last spoke to Mitch, nothing but winning. Uh, they've won four straight to make it five wins in a row uh, 5 2, 2 1 over the Colorado Eagles at home. Then onto the road 2 0 and 4 3 this weekend against Ontario. Oh, and just during all that, they became the first team in the American League to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, They're heading back to the postseason for a second consecutive year. Pretty good way to say hello to Mitch Love joins us right now. And indeed, the first team to clinch a playoff spot in the American League. Pretty good way to say hello to the head coach. Hello, coach. How are we doing today?
0: Oh, I'm doing all right, Pat. <laughs> It's all good. Yeah, I know it's good to catch up with you, man.
2: How uh how are you feeling? I mean, I, I know that the first goal, the first thing that you want to accomplish is clinch a playoff spot. That is done and dusted. Just I guess tell us about what that feels like. It's only step one, but at the same time it's step one accomplished.
0: Yeah, you know what? I think any hockey team when they approach a new season is uh, you know, their goals are to uh, you know, make the playoffs and um you know play a little extra hockey late into the year and and give your fans something to you know cheer about uh, as you go through uh, a long hockey season and and you know our guys you know did a heck of a job on Friday night in Ontario I think uh, you know I thought we played a real good game I you know we did we don't we didn't really talk about the playoffs much as you know in terms of leading into it um you know I, I think you know having you know spoke over the last couple years my approach in terms of just the day-to-day process for our group and um you know what what can we do to get better that day you know and then the results hopefully take care of themselves and you know our guys just uh to to this point here with 13 games left in our season um or 12 games pardon me like yeah uh, they've done a heck of a job and and I'm, i'm happy with the you know, where we're at and and uh, we seem to continue to grow our game. And, but we know there's lots of hockey left here and, and we're, you know, our, you know obviously our next object, objective objective as a, as a team is to uh, try to stay in first place in our division.
2: What, uh, what is the importance of that having gone through this even last year in Stockton, but what is the importance of, of locking down that number one seed in the Pacific and, and ensuring yourself that first round buy?
0: Uh I mean, it's important it's important in the sense of what's at stake for, for your team with that first round bye. I mean, long hockey season guys are, are are playing with bumps and bruises this time of year. And, uh, you know, if you can get those extra few days to, to, you know, let the guys rest their their minds and, and their bodies, I think it's very beneficial, but at the same time, I mean, right now we're just, you know we're worried about Tucson Roadrunners uh, and and what you know what what's our two practices leading into those two games uh, next weekend going to be look like and you know how do we get better there? Um, there's still that you know that development progression piece this time of year for for these young players and and our veteran guys to continue to get better and that's kind of our focus. And again, like we understand the teams below us in the standings right now, like Coachella, like it seems like they win every night, so. If we want to try to win the division, we're going to have to obviously take care of our own business and, and not try to scoreboard watch. So that's where we're at. We're just focused on ourselves and, and trying to get better each day.
2: So I would imagine from a coaching standpoint, the, the worry of your group coming off the gas pedal or anything like that, that that's that's not really something that enters into the, the front of your mind, hey?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's probably a little bit in my mind, but I don't know. I kind of – i i. I I like to kind of push where I can and, and make sure that we're, you know, somewhat dialed in, in in our approach and what's what's at stake that particular day. Um, you know that, but that's not just now. That's been a that's been a year year long thing in terms of, of just trying to get better each day. And uh, you know, I think our guys. I, I think this time of year with 12 games left, there's still lots of motivation in terms of again. Defining each other's games individually and as a team as we prepare for the playoffs, and and I think if you're doing the right things in your practices and and your video sessions, and and then obviously the game in terms of your habits, um, it should hopefully lead to a few more victories and losses, and 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 hopefully put us in a good position, you know, when the end of the regular season is there.
2: I do have to ask you about uh, your goaltender, and and I only ask you about this because it it remains mind-blowing to me. After what he did as an AHL rookie last year, He's up to five shutouts after blanking Ontario over the weekend. And that is five more shutouts that he had at, at all last season. It's it's actually, it's hard to wrap your head around. Not that he has five shutouts this season, but he had the year that he had last year and wins AHL goaltender of the year, so on and so forth, and did it with zero shutouts, which is one of the weirder statistical anomalies I can ever remember.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, that might be a first to be honest with you. I mean, if we're talking about last year for a guy to win the, you know, American hockey league goalie of the year and not have a shutout, uh, um, you know, I'm not the real huge history buff, but I'm sure that's probably a first. And then, you know, this year, I I mean, I I don't know what you could say. I mean, the the kid just puts the work in each and every day and, and has a plan and he's prepared and he's got his routines and, and, and he's a competitive kid. And I think that's, He, I think, as a coach, you you come in after your game, you're like, ah, man, like you know, he was pretty good tonight, and then you talk to him the next day, and he's like, no, I think I could have been better, I, you know, and and then it's not, and for me, like knowing Dustin for as long as I've known him, it's not smoke, it's it's kind of he he explains why he thought he could have been better, um, and and then he goes out and and he's such a competitor at being the best he can each and every day for our team and for himself. it's been a lot of fun to watch and we're real fortunate to have him and 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 frankly Oscar who's who's played some really good hockey for us throughout the year and his game's really progressed nicely for us as well. Well, I wanted to
2: ask you about Oscar as well because now that you've clinched and and you still have lots to play for and there's there's lots on the table in these final 12 but with with the playoffs coming up and and knowing that sometimes workload for goaltenders is a real important consideration, d- does d- do you do you give Oscar some more time here down the stretch, or or does your approach to goaltending change at all?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, at Christmas time, you know, I sat down with, with Mackenzie Scabsky, our goalie coach, and and you know, we kind of you know, I don't jump too far ahead, but you kind of look at our schedule and you see a lot of back-to-backs with lots of travelers, three and fours with lots of travel. So, you know, we kind of talk about, hey, this, you know, maybe this would be a good time for him to go or this guy to go. And so, you know, and then, and then Oscar missed a month with his injury. So that was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a wrinkle in there for us. And, and obviously it became a bit of a heavier workload for Dustin than we probably thought. Um, but now here we are with 12 games left, um, you know, I think there's three or four uh, back-to-back sets coming up here to finish the regular season. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to utilize both guys, and they're well aware of that. And uh, you know, they're they're a great tandem together. They work well together. Uh, they really support each other uh, each other well together. Um, and we we're confident as a team in terms of whether Oscar's in net or Dustin is, and and we're we're real fortunate to have that.
2: We're in conversation with Mitch Love, the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers. They are clinched for the postseason for a second consecutive year. He joins us every Monday here on Flamestock. It's Pat Steinberg and uh, Wes Gilbertson as well.
1: Mitch, congrats on clinching the playoff spot. I hey, appreciate that, Wes.
0: Always good to have you on, man.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to watch some uh, watch some Wranglers playoff hockey and, and cover some this spring. That'll be fun. Let me uh, Let me ask you about a couple individual guys uh you start maybe with cole schwint i i know three game goal scoring streak for him now i I think that brings him up to 14 on the season game winner in in two of those three during the streak what what have you seen in in terms of his game not just offensively but his all-around game sort of evolve as this season's gone on
0: um I, i i've seen a uh a kid especially of late you know if you looked at last two or three weeks um has, has really started to play with a lot of confidence um you know we've kind of moved him around this year in terms of playing wing and playing center and back to center um but i, I think that just shows you that he's a, a versatile player for us uh, we have a lot of those guys really on our roster this year uh we feel like you know, the, the depth of our team, especially up front, uh, is a strength. Uh, he's part of that. Um, you know, I think for him and in conversations with him throughout the year, you know, a bit of a transition from, you know, a, a trade in the off season, a different organization, different city, this and that. Uh, it was a bit of an adjustment. And, he, and he's still young. He's 21 years old. Um you know, so I think you know there was there was maybe you know, a little bit of hiccups throughout the year, like any young player is, is susceptible to. Um, but I've have really been impressed with his play of late. Uh, he's really starting to use his body uh, to his advantage a lot more. Uh, look, he's not a real physical guy by any stretch, but he's a smart player. Um, and, and when he uses his body to just kind of uh, you know impede speed of the opponent and, and protect pucks and. Got a long reach and he's he's an effective player and uh we've seen that here lately.
1: And let me ask you about a guy that that became sort of a, a curiosity, and and I certainly don't mean that in, in a negative way during training camp, and that's Adam Klapka. I know, you know, dating back to the, the rookie camp, he's a guy who really stood out and, and whenever he asked anyone from the Flames organization about him, it was sort of a case of Hey, let's let's take this slow. He's going to need some time to get accustomed to playing pro hockey in North America. How how have you seen that sort of um, you know, how how have you seen him adapt and and maybe get more comfortable if that's the right way to put it in, in his first season in the AHL?
0: Yeah, um again, another young man that and again, he's young. Like he's 22 years old. Like, you know, this guy's, you know, 6'8", 245 uh so i think everybody thinks he's, you know, 30 years old but uh he's a, he's a young player um that you know he's had his ups and downs this year um but but i i think uh, like he's played his best hockey here over the last couple of weeks and i you know i think it's just again just him getting comfortable in his role for our team um you know, I, I give a lot of credit to to our assistant coach, Don Nachbar, who watches a lot of video with him individually uh, to hone in on his game and how, how can he use his body more efficiently out there, uh, offensively and defensively, and his long reach and his stick details. Um, he, he's really made a lot of improvements here over the last few weeks and and, and really, our, our fourth line with him, Alex Gallant, uh, Mitch McLean here of late have been a real productive line for us, and um, and he's a big part of that. And, and not to mention, it, it, this guy's not afraid to get involved physically. You know, he's he's taken on some real tough com- combatants this year in our league, and you um, can see the confidence he grows by doing that. He, he, he you know he creates a lot of room for himself in this league.
1: That fourth line is a load, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> holy smokes i didn't. yeah you
0: know what yeah it's a it's um you know there's not too many guys that in, in our league that really want to get involved physically with that group so um you're you need that this time in year and then you you know you also obviously need that in the playoffs and uh they, they've been real solid for us of late
1: just this is one of the quirks of the ahl schedule so so you win your two in ontario and then Am I right? You're hanging out in, in Tucson now until until Friday?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what? When we looked at the schedule, uh, you know, Brad Pascoe and myself, uh, in the off season there last year when the AHL schedule came out, you know, we we kinda circled this. Um, you know, we felt like it was maybe a bit of an opportunity for the guys to you know, get away a little bit, uh, you know, whether they're going to go play a little bit of golf this week or, or whatnot, and then we'll have a couple of practices leading into those two games. It's a long season. Uh, I know we just had a break uh, just over a month ago at the all-star break, but you know, in our division and based on where we're at in Calgary, there's a lot of travel involved and we felt like it was probably the best scenario for our guys to continue to build as a team and grow as a team, uh, away from the rink. Um, as much as on it uh, to, to get away. And, and, you know, it doesn't hurt that it's, you know, 25 degrees Celsius here today and minus 15 in Calgary. So um, (laughs) I think the guys are going to enjoy that here this week.
1: You haven't heard anyone say, geez, I wish we were back shoveling. (laughs) I
0: I, I can't say I've heard any of the guys talking about that today. Wes.
1: yeah, fair enough. Okay. Here, you know, it (laughs) wouldn't be a a Wes Gilbertson interview if I didn't have some sort of oddball. So this got me thinking, I want to ask you this. And, and, legacy cities are are in as well from your days as a player or coach in the ahl if you could be in a city any ahl city for a four or five day layoff where Ooh. are you picking
0: oh geez um i don't know i mean I, I i i live here in tucson in the off season so i this is selfishly this is where i uh you know, get to spend the week and but also my off season. So, um, it, it's a good spot. Um, Geez, I don't know. There, there, this division's loaded with good places to play and, and 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 spend some time with San Diego. You can't go wrong there. No. Nope. Um,
2: Palm Springs not. Honestly,
0: bad. like and I, yeah, Palm Springs. I mean, we we've only had one brief trip there, and we're we're there next month. But as weird as it may sound. Um, probably my favorite place to be in this division and our guys, if they heard this interview, would be like, man, what an idiot. This guy is, <laughs> uh, it is, is Colorado. Uh, you know, they have a, <laughs> they got a good setup. The hotel's right by the rink. You walk across the parking lot and you go into that building. It's a good setup for the coaches and the players and, and, and the atmosphere in that building for whether it's regular season and playoffs. And we were part of that last year. It's phenomenal. Even as a coach, you're, it gives you chills being on that bench. Um, you know, maybe the, the, the scenes away from the rink aren't what, what you'd think Vegas or, or, you know, uh, San Diego would be like, but from a competitor standpoint and being around the game, Colorado's probably my favorite in the division. Nice.
1: You, you know, now that you go through it, you're right. The division's pretty, pretty darn good, isn't it?
0: It's a good spot, man. They say this <laughs> might be one of the better divisions in pro hockey and, uh, uh, I'm sure the players would give you some different answers in Colorado if if you were at Jazz uh, on the same level
2: although I do know that uh Daryl Sutter uh pulled me aside while, after one of his media availabilities recently when the Eagles were in town and he started raving about Colorado too so uh you've got uh, you've got a kindred spirit right. there in Daryl with uh, uh Loveland Colorado uh Mitch love is with us. Head coach of the Wranglers. Just before we let you go, Mitch, I do want to ask you about uh, your trade deadline acquisition. Uh, and I know he hasn't played as of yet, but uh, you bring in uh, Kristen Rubens from Ottawa and Belleville, and he gives you a little bit uh, of size and some experience on the blue line. Uh-huh. Just uh, tell us about the the acquisition and and your new player. Your kind of your 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 reinforcements for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm a li- little bit familiar uh, with with Rubens just from his days in Medicine Hat in the Western League when yeah. I was coaching, and, um, you know, um, I, I was good at. I, I think for us, just any time this time of year, you can add some depth to your roster, uh, especially at the defense position, I, I think is critical. Um, you know, he's a guy that's played well over 100 games in the American Hockey League, Um you know, big, long, good defender, uh, efficient, you know, moving pucks for us. Um, you know, I think it was real good at it. And, and we, we feel like, you know, our back end when we're healthy and, and we're going, we're, we've got a lot of good depth right there and they help support Dustin and Oscar back there. And, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think it's a real, real good uh, addition to our team. Looking forward to meeting them here in Tucson and, okay. and joining our group here, uh, in the next couple of days.
2: Well, and probably big just in, in terms of minutes and cause with, with Dennis Gilbert not coming back and, and being with the NHL group the rest of the year to get that kind of veteran left side defender, that, that must be huge for you as well, just in terms of setting your parents and such.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I you know, in talking to Brad, uh, I think that was obviously a bit of a focus for, for him at the deadline was, you know, with Gilbert, you know, staying with the Flames and, and helping them on their push uh, towards the playoffs. Uh, he felt like we needed to add a body there, and, and uh, it was the right call. And uh, I, I think, you know, it gives us some, some versatility, some flexibility amongst our pairs. Um, and, and really, at the end of the day, it, it, it keeps guys on notice in terms of accountability and in terms of their performance as well. And that's, I think that's a key component uh, as you go down the stretch for, for guys pushing for jobs here as we head into the playoffs.
2: Mitch, I know you got a team event to get to, so uh we'll let you get out of here. Appreciate the time as always. Congratulations on accomplishing step one and uh good luck this weekend in Tucson. Enjoy the uh enjoy the few more days in the sun, hey.
0: Sounds good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always good to catch up.
2: He is Mitch Love. Thanks, Mitch. He is the head coach of the Calgary Wranglers, the playoff bound Calgary Wranglers. And he joins us every week here on Flames Talk. And this week he joins us inside hockey for Calgary Co op. Calangari's is the only family of products curated for the tastes of Calgarians. And you'll only find them at Calgary Co op. It's been a pretty good run. For Mitch and that American League franchise. They clinched number one in the AHL Pacific last year in Stockton and go to the Western Conference final. This year, they look like they are poised to do the very same thing, if not go further. That's a pretty formidable group and the potential. And obviously, we'd love it if the Flames don't send Pelche and Dewar back because that means they're playing postseason hockey of their own, but the potential of Pelche and Dewar also joining them once Calgary season comes to an end. We'll see how that all plays out. There's also that. They bring in Rubens at the blue line. That's a bit of a wagon in the American League.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and I, I am legitimately pumped to watch uh, Wranglers playoff run. You yeah. know, you you talk to those who know the AHL closely, those those who see a lot of games. Like, this, this team is a legitimate... Calder Cup contender and I know Calgary is going to wrap its arms around that playoff run hopefully as you said we're talking about concurrent playoff runs hopefully we've got multiple teams from from this city competing for for championships but um it's going to be fun to watch because because there's some really interesting prospects there when you talk about guys like Dustin Wolf guys like Connor Zeri even Matthew Phillips still in, in my books is a guy I'm totally fascinated by, even if I'm not sure his opportunity eventually comes in Calgary. Yeah, And, and then there's a ton of depth guys. You mentioned they just picked up Christian's Rubens. They, they, have, they have a bunch of guys, when you look, that have played NHL games. and They're going to be fun to watch.
2: You remember the last time? No, no prize attached to this, but do you remember the last time the Flames affiliate won an American League championship? It's been more than two decades. I, I know this <clears throat> because Randy
1: Sportak mentioned it last night at the Saddledome. D- 01? Oh, oh, 2000,
2: 2001. Bingo. Hit me with a couple names on that roster. Uh, Rico Fada, Marty Murray. Uh, Chris Clark, future captain. Um, Daniel Kachuk, fellow okay. sixth overall pick with Rico Fata. Mickey DuPont. Uh, two-time flame Steve Bajan. Uh, Blair Betts who's the goalie Danny Sabrin uh played a game there Levante Super remember that name um
1: <laughs> I did not
2: but thank you, don't you. Remember? yeah Hungarian, Hungarian yeah um, Sergei Varlamov um those were some of the names on the uh and the head coach of course future Flames head coach Jim Playfair coach the Flames or the St. John Flames in New Brunswick to the Calder Cup championship in 2001.
1: You know, I had a hilarious conversation with Jan Kuznetsov, current Calgary Wranglers defenseman, last season about how surprised he was to get to St. John when he was reassigned after starting the season in Stockton. He goes down, uh, ultimately wins a Memorial Cup with the Sea Dogs of the Q. He couldn't believe he got to St. John and there's Flames banners. Yeah. At the end That's of the ring, pretty cool. Yeah, he thought it was hilarious. And of course, Jeremy Poirier, who's having a, a terrific rookie season for the Wranglers, was on that same yep. Memorial Cup winning team. Ryan Francis, who was a Flames draft choice that they ultimately chose not to uh, offer a contract to or or not sign to a contract was there as well. But I, I remember that chat with Jan because he he thought it was hilarious. Yeah. It's and it is.
2: It's been a long time. Yes. Uh, and they've got absolute eyes on it, and uh, lots of home games, home playoff games at the Dome. Still a few more home regular season games. Damn good product. We're lucky to have the American League in our city, so uh, really, really cool stuff. Thanks to Mitch Love uh, joining us like he does every Monday. Congrats to the Wranglers on clinching a playoff spot. He's Wes Gilbertson. I'm Pat Steinberg. This is the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Be proactive in protecting your property. Get a full security audit from Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.